Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message. All right, good morning again, all this great fellowship. It's always good to see each other on a Sunday, reconnect. Join us for fellowship afterwards as well. We can keep that spirit going of uh, loving one another and getting uh, reconnected. This is a place for, for family, and welcome to Quest Church. My name is Todd Klingensmith, part of the ministry team here. Welcome those online, including my wonderful wife, Anna, who is healing up from knee surgery and doing wonderfully. Thank you for your prayers for her. God bless her. It's really um, just been a great week for, for how that all went. Uh, we're praying for our pastor, Pastor Sherwood, as well, on uh, continuing his sabbatical as we uh, move through the summer months. It's been a really great time for us here uh, with all the preparation that's gone into uh, his time away. Uh, just a couple of announcements. We have a women's tea. Sorry, guys. Only women allowed. And uh, they're going to be in here. We're going to have this uh, sanctuary once again transformed to a great uh, event with lunch and tables and baskets to auction off. So there's lots of room to participate in that. If you want to donate towards one of the auction items, if you want to come and attend, you want to bring a friend, you can sign up out there. It's always a great event, and um, we really encourage you guys to come. We'll have a great speaker, a little worship time, and uh, you can sign up out there in the, in the lobby. Also, we have coming up in a couple weeks on Saturday, the uh, 19th, it's going to be in the afternoon down at Crown Point. We'll have a, a beach uh, day down there. We're going to have a little bonfire and baptisms. If you are interested in being baptized, it's a great place to do it outside in God's creation. Uh, we can use the dunk tank here anytime you're ready, but uh, that ocean down there works uh, really great. So please, uh, if you haven't done that, a uh, great uh, sign of uh, your your. Um, faith and honoring uh, the Lord and what he's asked us to do and can be life-changing. So please uh, just fill out a comment card or email us at questsd.com and we'll get you uh, on the path to that. So um, otherwise, uh, that's about it for announcements. You can go online and find all of our, uh, our uh, men's, women's, kids' ministries. There's one other one. We have this prayer and brunch coming up. That's a few weeks away, so I don't want to take up all your summer, but you can find out more about that online and um, some events even to follow that. So um, today, we're going to continue our summer uh, series, but um, our, our Thrive practices that promote spiritual growth and health uh, has kind of wrapped up, and we've really been blessed with some great speakers. We had the Macintosh twins out here. They're not twins. We had the father and the son. You noticed a distinct difference between the two, uh, but uh, they were just great. It was well, a blessing to have Mike McIntosh here last week, and he uh, helped us get focused back on uh, how, to, how to deal with the political, social issues of this life and, and what's going on in America and how we can pray and focus uh, on prayer. 
uh, he left us some of these great books. I think we have a few more laying around, but this was a really great way to focus on prayer, uh, targeting you, you know those closest to you, your friends, family, neighbors, and then the nation and the and the world. So uh, you can sign up for for his ministry on online and get more about that. We'll put those books out there and make them available. Uh, but, uh, you know, the importance of the word in our life and prayer and worship and uh, service and outreach in our sports camp this year, how important it is that we reach out into the community, be a part, invite folks here, invite kids here, families here. Uh, Mark spoke on that and uh, really just a great season for us to uh, hear some of our own folks. Uh, Mike Pygod, who leads our men's ministry, and Tim Merle leading our seniors' ministry. It's just been been great to hear from all this, uh, all these different folks, and been a blessing. And you know, now we're gonna roll into uh, four weeks uh, for August of uh, a book study. We're gonna go back to our roots and walk through the Book of Philippians together. And I'm here to to share that with you. We'll have uh, some of our pastoral staff also uh, sharing this month, and and just a word about all of our our great. Uh, Staff and volunteers here, you know, Miss, uh, Miss Amanda who's working with the kids and putting together sports camp and, and Nick, who Pastor Nick's who's working with the youth right now, two services, really great things going on there. I think they're going to have an all-nighter here this weekend, so be careful if you come onto the campus. There could be some booby traps and things set out here. So, uh, But he's always got some fun plans for them and winter-summer camps and, you know, our men's and women's leaders, Lonnie and um, uh, Mike and, and seniors and... It, it just we got a great group who's been helping uh, keep our summer strong, and uh, we do look forward to the fall return, uh, Pastor Sherwood's return. But for now, uh, uh, August will be the book of uh, Philippians. So if you have a Bible, be sure to break it out. And um, we have some on the back corners and on the tables. We have offering boxes on all three walls should you want to donate. And we'll be having a communion later on today, too. So we're going to pray for all of this once more, okay? Our Father in heaven, we want to just humble ourselves before you and know what a great privilege it is to, to partake of your word together. Uh, it's like feasting on a meal together, a spiritual meal, and we pray that it will be well-rounded and healthy, that you would provide for us every, everything required for us to um, live the lives that you desire of us, and that it would be never apart from you, that we would always... Um, have you with us and in us and, and leading us and guiding us. And Lord, we pray you would do that this morning as we open the word and we pray for a blessing upon that to go forth and, and just multiply uh, our efforts and transform our lives and the, the lives of those around us. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you can, uh, we'll be settling in the book of Philippians today. It, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, it's one of the letters that, uh, Paul wrote to this uh, church plant he was uh, responsible for up in um, the Euro uh, European area. It was one of the first churches to get reached up in that area. But um, I want to talk just a little bit about Paul as we, uh, before we crack open chapter 1 today. And so um, what's, what's great about Quest Church is that, um, and, and I think about the Calvary Chapel movement and the, uh, the, the Jesus Revolution all that's been, uh, the movies and things that's been talked about, and Mike McIntosh being here recently uh, as one of the children of that, he, um, you know, we have a real legacy of faith and, and, and reliance on the pure teaching of, of God's Word and how, uh, you know, ex expositional teaching, walking through the Word chapter by chapter, book by book, 
Well, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse is, is the saying with that. Uh, Calvary Chapel and Chuck Smith uh, brought that in a really strong way to, um, to this whole nation and world. Uh, not that it hadn't been going on already, but that's, that's a cornerstone to, I think, a healthy church. It's giving you the whole counsel of God. And today we, we get that opportunity in addition to some topical messages. It's, it's what we're about. Uh, sure, Pastor Sherwood is great about walking through a book with us, a whole book. You get to hear the whole counsel of God. We're not just picking some of those scriptures. That's really easy to do or avoiding some scriptures. You get to hear his whole counsel. So this month we'll be, we'll be uh, giving you that. And... Um, I just want to talk about the, uh, the Apostle Paul just a bit, and um, we have to remember that Paul came from the religious leadership that Jesus was very upset with. You know, he wasn't so much the tax collectors and the sinners and, and all the obvious uh, people that were disparaged in society and, and uh, were, were counted as sinners by these religious leaders and, and put off. He, uh, he was mostly upset with these folks because they were the hypocrites. They were the ones leading people astray from the truth of his word. And that's what got him the most angry. And Paul was one of these. He was uh, one who was furthest from God as being one of these religious leaders uh, in Israel. Um, as Jesus uh, um, died and, and uh, was crucified after that time when the apostles go out and continue his good work, uh, Paul was persecuting them. He was hunting them down and in times uh, even putting them to death, uh, a part of that. So, so Paul's life is a good example that, that God can change the heart of anyone. Amen? He can use anyone, even those who are furthest away. So a big message of, of Philippians is, is the rejoicing. It's a, it's a book where that word is used many times, and that's one reason to rejoice. That, that, that's true for all of us. He can change the trajectory of anyone's life. So rest in that, and keep praying for those around you, those in your family, this targeted prayer idea of your starting with your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. Don't give up because God is in the uh, transformation business and he, he showed it with Paul, um, really one of the greatest um, folks in the Bible. He provided many of the books of the Bible in his letters to these churches and others. So um, in Acts uh, chapter 9, um, <clears throat> we're not going to really uh, go through that, but that, that's the discussion or that's the, the story of Paul's conversion when he was miraculously transformed and met Jesus on the road to Damascus and was blinded and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so there's a whole great story there of his uh, transformation and his establishment as an apostle, one who was sent out to do continue Jesus' work and to do the mission missionary-type work that all these apostles did. They all were out there planting churches and proclaiming God's word. And, and Paul was a real man of action. He, he was just uh, unstoppable. And we're going to read a little bit about that, some of the trials he went through. Um, but just know that, that he had uh, a really impossible mission. And I was thinking, well, he was part of that IMF. I watched Mission Impossible the other day. And he had this, this mission, if he chooses to accept it, was to go out into all nations and to preach the word and make disciples and baptize in the name of Jesus. And one man and a, a team of, you know, some other great folks who are, who are mentioned prominently, but the, and the other apostles, 12, 12 apostles, changing our world, changing the entire world for 2,000 years onward uh, with just their humble efforts, but, but truly empowered by God. And, you know, there's a, a scripture that says, with man it is impossible, but with God 
all things are possible. Amen. And that's true in this man's life being used and empowered by God to, to go forth. So Paul was what we call a, a doer. He was a doer of the word. And there's a scripture in James. Um, I'm just going to read for you. It says, do not merely listen to the word. And the word is a big subject of today, the power of the word. Do not merely just listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, into the word that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. If you want to be blessed in what you do, look into the word, look at it intently, meditate on it, memorize it, and do what it says. Just what Paul did. And then the impossible missions can be possible and the transformations that only God can do through his word. Um, let's look at uh, this city of Philippi. And um, I think we have some pictures for you tourists here. The, uh, the church at Philippi, or the city of Philippi, it's uh, in that Mediterranean area where is the, uh, the heartland of our, our faith, where they spread out north from Jerusalem. And these are some modern-day ruins of uh, Philippi. It has a, a real modern or a Roman influence. It was a, a Roman colony. To citizens there were Roman citizens for the most part, many uh, retired military folks. But it was a prominent city in that area. It was a prosperous city. It was on the, the crossroads of commerce. So it was a, a major uh, city, uh, a, a Roman colony. And today it's, it's in the area where Greece and Turkey meet. It's kind of directly east of Rome. And that's where uh, Paul was eventually working his way to, going north from, from Israel and up towards uh, Europe and um, Greece area and then to uh, Italy, to Rome. So this town is, uh, it's really uh, hard to think that just 2,000 years ago, this was, this was the height of civilization in many ways. Uh, a Roman colony of, uh, you know, kind of privileged uh, citizens uh, doing well, prosperous, and, and, and much commerce. So it's amazing how things have changed in just uh, a couple thousand years, which, uh, you know, isn't all that long with uh, how long we live, 100 years if we're doing really well. But uh, you think how much uh, our world has changed. And um, if you want to flip to another uh, slide here, there's some pictures. This is... Uh, a big, um, what do you call this, uh, not a coliseum, but there's a word for that. Anybody have it? It's been amphitheater, thank you. It's been slipping my, my mind all week. One of their large amphitheaters there. Uh, and it's uh, just, it testifies, you know, uh, it doesn't quite compare to the internet we have now with everybody on a phone, but that was the communication style and going to the synagogues and proclaiming words on the streets and, and the written word, how we have, you know, the full counsel of God. We have Bibles in our hands and maybe they had some parchments back then, but how fortunate we are to live in the time where we do and how much easier it is to do the great work that, that Paul was doing back then and to think from his humble beginnings and going and speaking and, and um you know, just proclaiming the truth of Jesus in, in such a, a humble way and so long ago that it was able to impact the whole world. So I would say that, that you know, societies change, our, our, 
our culture and technology change, but I don't think people change all that much. I think we still have the same issues. The Bible is relevant, uh, as relevant today as it was back then and uh, will be forever. Uh, God knows us. It's our instruction manual, basic instructions before leaving earth. Is that what Bible stands for? For, for all time. And so it's always relevant. And I just want to talk about how, how Paul uh, was called by God to go to Macedonia. And if you do want to turn to Acts, I'm going to read this passage in Acts chapter 16. So this is the story of God uh, divinely appointing this mission to, to plant this church and using Paul and his team. In Acts chapter 16, verses uh, 6 through 15, it says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden, forbidden by the Holy Spirit. This is Acts 16, um, verse 6. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And Asia is where they, they um, were, were wanting to go towards, north, towards, towards Rome. After they had come to My, Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia. I picked the chapter with every hard word in it. But the Spirit did not permit them. The Spirit did not permit them, it says in that line. And the Holy Spirit forbid them from going to preach in this other area. So they're being absolutely directed and moved by God's Spirit. Paul was uh, a use of God and attentive to his, his voice and his direction. And even more so, it says, So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia to help us. So he has this vision, and he's being directed by the Spirit, and now he knows where to go. And, and this is Paul. He's a man of action. It's like, uh, what does he do? Uh, now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So obedient in his mission, he goes forward with God leading. So... They move on, and therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis. We're getting close. That's right by Philippi, and from there to Philippi, which is the formal city of that part of Macedonia. So Macedonia is where they're heading to. A colony, a Roman colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. So they've arrived where God wants them. They're staying there with his team. This is, you know, uh, typically Paul and Silas. Timothy is with him. There's always a cadre of, uh, of help, of disciples with them uh, that get this great work done. And there's people on the receiving end, too, that the Bible mentions prominently as far as carrying on and establishing the good work. So this is a, a whole team effort led by Paul. And this is uh, narrated by Luke, the author of uh, Acts here who was uh, thought to be along at this point in the journey. Um, so what did they do? They get to Philippi, and we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. So not a lot of synagogues, not a lot of Jewish people in this town. It's mostly, again, a Roman colony, Roman uh, uh, citizens. So, so this would be a typical gathering place of some Jewish uh, believers, it's thought. So they go out there, and they find some women who met there. And now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. I like this Lydia. She was a seller of purple, purple cloth, it's understood, very uh, rare and, and um, 
can be expensive. From the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God, who worshipped God. Lydia was out there worshipping God, praying with other women there in, in the city of Philippi. Paul goes out there to do the same. He encounters her with his team, and it says, The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. The Lord opens the heart. The Lord is directing every step of Paul through these visions, through the Holy Spirit, go this way, go that way, and then the Lord is opening her heart as one who worship, is worshiping and seeking God. And that's a message for us today. If we're worshiping and seeking God, seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Ask and it will be given to you. This is God's promise. Just He's ready to meet us. But it's been said that uh, that door has a, a one-way doorknob. We have to open the door. He's not going to bang on it and beat it down. So he meets them there. And this is one of a, uh, a very important uh, person who helps launch this whole thing. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So she's immediately sharing the truth of Jesus. She, she's had an encounter now. She's, she's a worshiper in the faith. Uh, and she, she meets Jesus and, and shares that good news with her whole family is saved and now uh, wanting to uh, ask them into her home and just starts giving of her life. So what a great conversion story. What a great um, uh, way to launch this church with, with people like this. And so she persuaded us and they did. So again, it's, all, it's only by God's power, his providence, his timing, his way. Sometimes we have to watch for that in, in our lives. What is the right way? What is the right time to, to reach and share with people around us? And, and, and praying for that opening, that, that the Lord would open their hearts, just like they did to Lydia, not giving up on those folks in our life who, who just seem so far gone like Paul was. So allowing God's Spirit to do what only it can do, that impossible mission. Um, so one last picture for you. Um, so again, the Roman uh, columns, the Roman arches, this is a Roman city. It's just interesting to see some of these modern-day uh, archaeological pictures. Anybody ever been over there? These pictures look familiar? A few of you maybe. Very few. I'm looking to the Meliuses. They've been everywhere on the planet. So um, uh, it's, it's amazing to see the Holy Land. I was, I was blessed to go to, to Israel in my life, and uh, it can be life-changing. It's not necessary to grow your faith, but it, it's always appreciated. Um, it's, uh, it's just great to see the, where it all began and how, how modestly and simply it grew to change the world. So this letter is, is a missionary's update from Paul back to a, a supporting a church years later. Again, he's writing this from prison in Rome. This is his first imprisonment in Rome. He is, uh, uh, I was just talking earlier, I'm thinking, I think he was kind of uh, as busy as he was in missions and traveling and three, four, five missionary journeys. I, I think his prison time was probably uh, the only real break he had that uh, was probably some of his more restful time, and he got some letter writing done, and it's like, okay, God used it as like a, almost a healthy time out for him. I'm sure it wasn't pleasant, 
But uh, that's, as, that's probably as good as life might have got some days for, for Paul sometimes. And we'll talk about how rough he had it. But he's writing this update to Philippi, the Philippians. He's writing this letter to them as, as um, a missionary's update, if you would. He's, he's updating on, on his team and the work that's going on. He's thanking them for their support. He is uh, giving pastoral exhortations or encouragements um, uh, on, 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 in, on Christian conduct. And, and that's really a, a pastor's heart and a church's purpose in many ways is to um, uh, exhort, the, the E words, to exhort and to equip and to encourage and to edify, edify like an edifice, building up a building. So in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, I just want to punctuate that, that thought of, of this um, exhortation that Paul gives throughout this letter, this encouragement, this joyous message for believers, um, the purposes in that. And, he, and it says in Ephesians 4, 11, 13, um, this is uh, God, it says, uh, and, and God, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So these are some of the giftings and the appointings he's done just as Paul was appointed an apostle to be a missionary. He says the, he appoints them for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Did you know you're a saint if you're a believer in Jesus? He calls us uh, disciples. He calls us saints. Those terms are not reserved for holy people who've done miraculous things in this life, uh, God sees us as holy because he sees Jesus in us and he sees us as sinless when Jesus is in our heart and he will see us that way forever. Though his work is ongoing and transforming us, he does not hold those sins against us and we are saints and we are his and we're becoming sanctified more like him every day. But these pastors, teachers, and evangelists, and even, even churches' uh, goal and heart is for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're trying to be conformed to the image of Christ. So he's encouraging, he's giving them um, direction and equipping them for the good works that are ahead. Uh, you know, uh, preaching is not for the transfer of information. It's to provide transforming information. It's to receive that and to understand what it is that God wants to do with it in my life, how he can change us, how he can mold us into the image of Jesus, how he can prune us for greater growth. It's about changing Healthy things grow, and growing things change. That's an old saying. It's a good saying. That's what we want here. We want to all be growing. And if you're looking for a church, this is a church that will teach you the whole counsel of God and will give you many opportunities to grow in healthy ways, healthy ministries, and it's just a matter of taking that step of faith and allowing God to work in your heart and to want to grow. Um, and those are the engagements that's the last year we give you uh, opportunities to engage in ministry and in good works and, and being a doer of your faith. Because it says your faith is evident by your works. We don't get saved by our good works. We get saved for good works. Amen? We are saved by faith, not by being good, obedient people. That's what God has for us. After we're saved, he wants to sanctify us, make us holy, make us better. But 
nobody can stand before God based on their good works. All have sinned. All have sinned. And we need that, that taking away of the sins by Jesus. So um, just want to show you a map here of Paul's journeys. He wants this transformational uh, good news to go out to all the world as God has directed him. So this map just kind of shows where he starts down there in the bottom right in Israel. And he goes up north and uh, I think you can see the boot of Italy up here. Uh, Philippi is kind of directly east of that inland. Um, across the, uh, I had all the geography on that, but it's on the, the Greece and Turkey border up there. But uh, this shows all of his different journeys. And, you know, this is all by foot. This isn't by car. This is, this is by ship. This is, this is a lot of work. And, and he was spreading the truth of God. And God is directing. And we see how fruitful it was just by their, their humble efforts. And God is doing this. He's planting seeds, good seeds that will grow all over the world. And we've reaped the benefits of that today. And we continue that good work. We continue the sharing of the good news to going wherever he asks, to whomever he asks. But again, in his time, in his way, in his season. So we want to look for his leading as we share that good news. Um, I, I just want to want to talk to you about some of the difficulties that we may have and that Paul had. Uh, you know, we, God said in his word that we will, we will share in the sufferings of Christ as believers, and there will be persecutions and trials. Uh, the trials are made to grow us, okay, but there's an enemy out there who will tempt us and trick us, and that's to harm us, but God's will is to grow us, and no matter what happens, he uh, can use all things to work together for good, which is a scripture that's coming up in Philippians. But before we open that chapter, I just want to share one more thing about Paul's missionary life and his struggles and his suffering. In 2 Corinthians 11, I'm going to read a few past, uh, verses there, but 2 Corinthians 11:23 talks about Paul when he had to defend himself as an apostle and just kind of sharing about his labors and, and how difficult it has been, but not to complain about it. He's glorying in that. He thinks it's a glory, it's a privilege to suffer, to be a servant for, for God. And so he says in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three, he says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Sounds easy, right? Prison, work hard, hard work, beaten, flogged. Hold on, it just gets better. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes, minus one. Five times he was whipped, beaten with a whip. Three times I was beaten with rods, so whipped five times, beaten with sticks three times. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. You know, and talk about exposed to death, being out there in the ocean for a day, whatever, a shipwrecked. Uh, constantly moving. There's no place to rest and call home. He's always on the move. And again, this isn't complaining. This is really proclaiming. The, he's proud. He's happy to do this for God. And God is with him in this. But he's just sharing the life that it's been. I have been in danger from rivers. Count the dangers. Dangers from bandits. Dangers from my fellow Jews. In danger from the Gentiles, which is all those who aren't Jews. 
in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, at sea, and in danger from false believers. I got eight. Danger, 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 danger. So he is not uh, ever uh, in, in necessarily uh, a safe, comfortable place, and he's working hard. I have labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. Not a lot of 7-Elevens in those uh, ruins there that we found. There is not many conveniences, so it's work. And I've often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. I remember after, I imagine after some of those shipwrecks, it's like, well, anybody got any clothes? So uh, he suffered. And, but he says, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concerns for all the churches. He has a great heart for these churches and these plants, and he writes these letters, pours out his heart, as we'll see in Philippians 1. He has such a care and such a love for, for, for the lost and, and for those who have, for the saints. He is just in love with what he is doing, and God is empowering him, and he will not stop. He is a terminator for the Lord. He is part of the impossible mission force. He is a daredevil. He is uh, facing danger every day. And you know what? I, I think that's great, but Paul doesn't understand my life. I was out here this morning, and I'm getting coffee, and the pump, it stops pumping. It's out of coffee. <laughs> Suffering. They got more, and it was okay. But maybe we could keep it in perspective, our trials, not to belittle our sufferings, because we do have real life, everyday hardships. But keep it in perspective how blessed we are that we have inherited this faith, this richness, this fullness of teaching and examples and encouragement and edifying and opportunities to grow our faith uh, through the efforts of so many. We're standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, and... Um, even in this church, there's been a lot of work that's gone on before us to allow us to just enjoy this wonderful facility and, and just the work of the kingdom in this nation and this world has been uh, uh, immeasurable. So um, it's important that we remember that, that Christ promised us we would have those sufferings, but he's with us and he will encourage us because Paul is not discouraged. He's anything but. He's able to provide a love letter of encouragement to his people after an average day at work where I, oh, I got shipwrecked today and I had to run around without clothes and no food and got beat up six times. So uh, it's an average day at the office for him. Uh, Paul's example uh, is, is a living, a life of sacrifice. And I think of uh, God has given us all time. He's given us all treasures and he's given us all talents. And how glorious to use those for him. How glorious to return that and see what kind of fruit he can bear in our lives and in that salvation work, that missionary work that's ongoing. And we tend to pursue the, the peas, the passions, the pleasures, the possessions. Instead of giving our time, treasure, and talent to him, we tend to look to our comforts and we don't want to be in danger. We don't want to struggle. We want it all to be easy. And, lie, and, and God is saying that, you know, I didn't set you here on this earth to pursue pleasures or to pursue rest and leisure. As balanced to life is, is important, God worked six days and rested the seventh. There's a balance there. But six days of work. And um, there's work to be done in this kingdom. And it's not about acquiring possessions or seeking... Um, 
uh, prominence or power or position. It is about uh, things that last forever. It's about treasure in heaven. It's about saving the lives of the lost. And this is such a powerful testimony, Paul's life, to that. Um, just to touch on uh, chapter 1, and uh, I want to read some of this from, from chapter 1. So Paul's pastoral heart. And the scripture in here that you'll see is, is on the, the slide. It says, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy. There's that word joy. It starts off in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, a great team, bond servants of Jesus Christ, slaves of Jesus Christ, in chains, spiritual chains and physical chains to the work of God, but empowered and comforted and, and, and a life of purpose. So this is the highest title he claims for himself, not the Apostle Paul, the bond servant, the willing servant. Bond servant is a willing servant, uh, but yet a slave to, to them. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. So that's to all of us, and he covers everybody there, saints to the leaders and everyone. And he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Every remembrance, always, every. He constantly has a mindset of the things of God and the people of God. And that's a real challenge in our day and age because we're being bombarded with everything but that. So find ways to tune that out and to tune in to what God is saying through his word, through prayer, through fellowship, through serving. So, um, making requests for you all with joy. There's that word joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. They have this partnership. Paul's, uh, their hearts are, are, are knitted together uh, in the faith and, and the fellowship of the good work. He's, he's constant. He's, he's without ceasing. Uh, praying without ceasing, the Bible says. Um, and our joy should be evident to all as Christians. Um, sometimes the world gets heavy. Sometimes even the message of the gospel gets heavy. Sometimes the thought of eternity gets heavy. I sure can think a lot about heaven, even though the Bible doesn't uh, go into a lot of detail because it's beyond words. And if you think this world that God made is wondrous, just think of he's been building uh, heaven for us for all, of e for all time, waiting for us. But the idea of not being a part of that, of separation, of hell, which is separation from all the good of God. That's hard to get our, our heads around. It's hard for me, but it's a truth. It's a truth of the Bible. And people are lost, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many there are who travel that way, and narrow is the way to life. And so there is lots of opportunity to share the good news and to bring people to the path of life, to bring them to that reunification with, with God. Um, just to continue on here a bit, um, so Paul's, uh, that's his pastoral heart, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for all of you with joy, praying for them constantly, thinking about them. And, and Paul's passing on this confidence to him as well. He says in, in verse 6, being confident of this very thing. Now here's a familiar verse. I bet a lot of you can quote this one. 
He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, pastoral heart, and the love for these people, and wanting to impart the confidence of the promises of God. And that good work that he started, just like in Lydia, and she opened, God opened her heart, she was faithful to worship, is going on inside of us as believers today. And if we don't know the Lord, that work is waiting to get started, and we can uh, pray with you during communion today. Uh, But just a little more on this. Because we want everybody to know the fullness of God's love, his, um, the confidence that you will be in heaven with him. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Hard truth, but truth. So I want to pray that with you in a bit with communion. But this confidence and this equipping and this encouragement that he's imparting goes on. When he says in verse 7, And as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. We all win in the end as believers. No matter how hard the struggle gets in this life, you have eternity and unity with God in the end. So the coffee maker not working, keep it in perspective, okay? Even the dangers, the beatings, the suffering. Keep it in perspective. They're all partakers of the grace of God. The fullness that will come that one day and that is available to us every day. So these chains, Paul is in physical chains, but he's in spiritual chains to the Lord's work. And that's what we should welcome is being a bondservant of God and a life fully committed, fully sold out to him. He says in verse 9, And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. It's not a love for one another. It's not a faith that is blind and ignorant. It's based on truth, everlasting truth, constant truth from beginning of time to to infinity. His word will never pass away. We love one another, and it's based in knowledge and discernment that God gives us. And he says that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. So loving God fully, heart, mind, soul, and strength, not just an emotional experience with God, not just an emergency prayer with God, not just healing from God, but all of it, God Use this body however you want. Protect me in the beatings and the dangers. And let me proclaim your goodness in the health and the provision. And Lord, speak to me through your word. Let me understand it. Let me meditate on it. Let me memorize it. This is an opportunity in this Philippian study to memorize some really wonderful verses. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Homework is everybody needs to come back next week and be able to quote that to someone around them. Or you could do a shorter one like Jesus Wept that's in another uh, book. That's the shortest verse we can memorize. But uh, it's, it's such an opportunity to use the power of God's word when we, when we live our lives to be able to have those words that will speak louder and clearer than any words we have to minister to those around them. The power of God's word is immeasurable. And um, it's what changed the world. It's what Paul simply shared was Christ's good news. Christ died for us. And we can live forever by faith in him. Um, So, 
And just a, a note before we wrap up here and make sure we get our communion time in. But uh, memorizing um, scripture is uh, so important. And we're going to have a lot of opportunities to look at some key ver- uh, scriptures that you've heard before, are very familiar. And Psalm 119 talks about that. It says, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The power of God's word to protect us and to keep us from sin is really important. Um, this, the word will keep me from sin, and sin will keep me from the word. Sin keeps us from time with God and, and being in the word, but the word of God implanted in us is the opposite. It keeps us from that sin. So there's nothing more powerful than time in the word. And um, Psalm 119 talks all about that. It's a wonderful um, scriptures about the power of God's word. Um, I just will wrap up since we're a little short with communion here. Um, but I want to talk about something uh, from a favorite uh, theologian of mine, and that's um, Charles Spurgeon. And if worship team wants to come up, we can prepare for communion. Um, Charles Spurgeon wrote about the, the power of God's word and the, um, the, the value we have on teaching it, the full counsel, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You know, you, you really get to know what God is doing. And I remember uh, growing up in my, my Catholic faith, I, I did not know Peter from Paul. I didn't know really anything about what the real word said. And so it was so refreshing to understand and to see these stories. And that's why we give a little background today, uh, just to get the richness of it. Immerse yourself in this world and really see the the depth and the breadth of it. But, um, you know, Psalm 119 talks all about that and uh, the power of God's word. But uh, I just wanted to share this this one thought and then we'll, we'll, we'll partake of communion. But... Um, Charles Spurgeon lived long ago, but he was just a man who, if you've read any of his work, it's it's astounding to see the way he speaks, the richness, but yet the simplicity that he gets through and being such a gifted um, theologian. But uh, he talks about God's word. And let me just read this this one passage that I have here. There it is. Um, See if you can get what he's talking about here. He said, the word of God can take care of itself. And we'll do so if we preach it and cease defending it. See you that lion. He's talking about a lion example. They have caged him for his, for his preservation and shut him up behind iron, iron bars to secure him from his foes. See how a band of armed men have gathered to protect the lion. What a clatter they make with their swords and spears. These mighty men are intent upon defending a lion. So he's comparing this lion to the word of God and how um, we work so hard to, to proclaim it in a way that doesn't just use the power of it sometimes. And his advice is to, O fools and slow of heart, open that door. Let the Lord of the forest come forth free. Who will dare to encounter him? What does he want with your guardian care, let the, gospel, let the pure gospel go forth in all its lion-like majesty, and it will soon clear its own way and ease itself of its adversaries. Let the lion loose, was his advice. Preach the word, memorize the word, share the word. When you pray with people, most people would love to pray with you. Speak a word uh, from God, from his, 
from, from the Bible. And just uh, use this study to, get a, uh, to immerse yourself, to meditate on it, to memorize it. And there will be power in it. Life-changing, world-changing power that Paul experienced. And we'll continue on with this study uh, next week. But for now, um, we're going to ask as you uh, sing our communion song, if you would... Uh, Take some communion. There's a bread and a cup together. Just uh, take that and, and come back to your seats and we'll pray over that. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.